You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Jade Jones. Jade is a multi-ethnic mom of four who loves food and exploring. In 2019, her family sold most of what they owned and moved to the Netherlands. She wanted her children to be proud of their diverse heritage and the cultures that influence them. Jade is a blogger and podcaster who helps families learn about other cultures, how to introduce new foods to their kids, and to explore the world around them wherever they may be. Jade, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Absolutely. Jade, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? Me and my husband, we're coming up on our 15th anniversary. But we have four kids. We have a girl and then three boys. And bless my daughter for her patience with her three brothers. The oldest is a girl and the rest are boys. She's like mini mama. Yes. We refer to her often as our third parent. My husband and I are both oldest children. So we totally understand all that encompasses. We appreciate her (laughs) wholeheartedly. She's 12. The next oldest is 10. And then we have a almost five-year-old and a two-year-old. So we have quite the spread. It's definitely interesting having kids at two life points. My husband was interviewing for grad school. And he actually had an interview with the school that he went to, uh, Rasmus University, while we were in the hospital, right after having the baby. <laughs> oh my god! And then two weeks later, we got accepted. And then what was it? It was like four months later that we moved. And, you know, within three months of moving abroad, we were in a global pandemic. Oh my gosh, that's so bonkers. Fill me in. I'm so fascinated that you moved to the Netherlands. How did that happen? What was the thought process? How has it been going? I know you didn't expect a pandemic. So just like walk us through that a little bit. My husband was in the military and also in police work. He worked for Los Angeles Police Department. So the second largest police department in the United States. Wow. Third largest city. And he he was done. He was ready to move on, do something different. We were applying for jobs and he just was not getting anything. And based on some recommendations, we decided to go back to grad school. He had lived in Switzerland for two years before we got married and he speaks German fluently and has always been a dream to move to Europe. And so we decided to seize the opportunity. Our timeline was like way past having a baby. I did not anticipate having a baby and then immediately moving abroad. (laughs) But everything just came together. Uh, The Netherlands is a fabulous place if you are wanting a foreign country, but also, I I mean, I don't speak a foreign language. I am working on Spanish, but that does mean no good in the Netherlands. Right. Um, I'm like, huh? Okay. (laughs) But they have a super high English literacy here. They have the highest in the world outside of a native English speaking country. Oh, interesting. So just about everybody we interact with speaks English. But it's been a great experience. My kids now speak Dutch fluently. Wow. Yeah. Within eight months, they were fluent. Awesome. And it was incredible. Super proud of them. They often will translate for me. I am still working on it, but it's a learning process and it's definitely been hard. Our stiff adult brains just don't do as well as those kids do. Uh, uh, Totally. Probably not submerged like they are because they're in school, right? Are they in a Dutch speaking school? They are in a Dutch speaking school. And so, yes, like they're fully immersed. They they get it all day, every day. Um, and I'm kind of jealous having little ones at home has meant that I've been home, especially with the pandemic. That has meant that a lot of things just didn't play out the way we had kind of envisioned. But I can carry on simple conversations. 
this is like total license to watch subtitled soap operas during the day. Hello. Yes. <laughs> but I actually hate soap operas. Is there any good TV that's subtitled? And does that actually help you? Um, you know, we actually don't own a TV, so it's not very helpful. Oh, never mind then. Okay, YouTube <laughs> channel or something? <laughs> yes. Well, we've actually found like Disney Plus has tons of stuff available in lots of different languages. So we'll pick a favorite show and watch it in Dutch with English subtitles so that we can hear it. And that's actually been a really great way to learn. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, to me, I would rather be entertained and be learning as a byproduct than like just hunker down because like I did enough school. I'm done. You know? <laughs> uh, yes. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is my Dutch level. If anyone's curious after two years abroad, and that's where Pretty I'm darn at. good. <laughs> I am at preschool level. That is that's so cute. <laughs> what is your husband in graduate school for or is he done now? Um, so it was a one year program. He's done. He got his MBA. No, oh, okay. So he's working there. No joys of pandemic life. We were actually still searching for a job. He did an internship after graduating and we're still looking, hoping to stay here still. The search is on. Yeah. Things never pan out the way you think or you hope. And this has been a prime example of that for us. Life is just complicated, you know, and interesting. And you, well, good for you for being a go with the flow. I, I want to say one more thing about this before we move on, actually. I am so proud of you for being a flexible mom and wife. That is incredible. I mean, I thought it was awesome of me to move to Montana from Nevada. <laughs> but you are just <laughs> knocking it out of the park. <laughs> we have had lots of practice. This was our 11th move. Oh, wow. Because my husband was in the military, and so we have moved around quite a bit. We've actually never lived anywhere longer than three years. Okay, so you're, you're good at it, and, but that doesn't mean it isn't hard. Oh, it's always hard, every yeah. single time. But I'm used to it. it. It gets easier with each time you do it. And you're kind of trying to just put down roots now. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, you're realistic. Okay. Well, let's get to know you a little better with your rapid fire questions. If you had 24 hours in your home alone with no pressing to-dos, can you even imagine? What would you do? Oh, I can imagine. I would be like crafting, quilting, mm -hmm. binge reading. I am a huge reader. Or binge watching Harry Potter movies. Oh, love it. Okay, you're very similar to me, except I would be crafting and sewing and listening to podcasts and eating chocolate for dinner, candy for dinner. I, I'm married to a dentist, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll make sure they're clean. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what TV shows are you hooked on right now or what's been your favorite binge watch? Wait a minute, you don't have a TV. We have a projector, so we, oh, we can okay. stream. We just don't have uh, regular TV. Which does mean that, like, my favorite shows are The Great British Bake Off and Queer Eye. Oh, yeah. I love that kind of stuff, too. So you're a creative, mm -hmm, for sure. Yes. Okay, have you ever met a celebrity? I grew up outside of Los Angeles, so I have met a lot of celebrities. You've had more um, encounters than you wish to have had. You know, you would run into them all the time. My high school boyfriend went to a private school with a lot of celebrities' children or celebrities themselves. So I know a lot, but I wanted to share my favorite story, which my husband always rolls his eyes because I always bring this one up, but it's my favorite. My friends and I were on a plane ride in high school going to New York and Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson happened to be on the same flight. Whoa. And so everybody's taking pictures with them and I offered to take the pictures for my friends and Nick Lachey turns to me and he's like, don't you want to be in the pictures too? And I looked and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. It, he was so offended. And like, I loved it. Burn, I, I was an in-sync girl. 98 degrees just didn't really do it for me. Solid burn, Jade. <laughs> well, he walked right into that though. Hello. He totally yeah. did. I mean, yeah. 
if a teenage girl doesn't want to take a picture with you, there's probably a good reason. So uh-huh. yeah, her loyalties lie elsewhere. Hello. Well, I love that. That's hilarious. Who's the funniest person you know? We have a good family friend. His name is Kyle Jellings. He's actually a radio host, but he is like flat out the funniest person I know. That man has the best natural comedic timing and his observations and comments just always have us rolling. Oh my gosh. How fun. I don't interview men often, but I actually just interviewed my second one and it'll be on soon. And so maybe he'd like to be on the Fancy Free podcast. Yeah, I should put you in touch. So much fun. What is your favorite thing about the place that you live? So we live in Rotterdam in the Netherlands and Rotterdam has an extremely high international population. So it has been so cool to make friends from like all over the world. So we have friends from Germany, China, Iceland, South Africa, Ghana, India, Ukraine, and getting to meet people from smaller countries that like I did was not aware of like Suriname and Curacao. So it's just been such a fabulous experience for our family to get to make friends just from everywhere. And it feeds my like, I love to learn about the world's soul because then I just get to ask them all sorts of questions about what life is like in these countries. Yes. We have three exchange students at our little small town high school. There's one from Mexico, one from Spain, and one from Germany this year. And because there are only 100 students per grade in our town, my kids know these exchange students. And the other day, my daughter went to a haunted house with a bunch of kids, two of whom were exchange students, the one from Spain and the one from Germany. They were terrified. They were like, why do Americans pay to do this? Like, this <laughs> apparently haunted houses are an American thing, or at least not a German and Spanish thing. I just thought that was so fascinating. The cultural shocks, just so many things you wouldn't think of, but like toilets were one of those things. Bodeas are super popular in Europe. In the Netherlands, it has like a poop shelf. What? There's no water. Like the water is down this little tiny hole. But it's like flat with no water. And so when you do your business, it just like plops there. And so unfortunately, that means sometimes the poop gets stuck and you got to like swipe it down into the hole. Uh-huh. Oh, man. You're coming up close and personal with poop like you never thought you would. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to change diapers, but having to fish into a toilet with your hand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll use a toilet paper as a barrier. But yeah, it's like one of those things that after changing thousands of diapers, I was like, it's a new low. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's to have to go swipe my child's poop down because it didn't go down when they flushed. Yeah, totally. And you don't, you can't trust them to do it. Not just yet. No, you're not done with their poop when you think you're going to be done with it. Yeah, teenage years. Yeah, (laughs) it's not too late. (laughs) When my uh, kids finally started wiping themselves, I was like, "Yes, we have crossed the last frontier of, you know, bodily function parenting." (laughs) Jokes on you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share our embarrassing stories so that the listeners remember they're not alone and so that we can demonstrate the connection that gets made when we share them and laugh together. So what do you have for us today? When I told my husband I was going to be on this and he was like, can you choose just a few? Because (laughs) I think I listed out like five or six and that was after trimming the list. Well, you just might have to come back on. (laughs) (laughs) I am just a glutton for punishment. The first one that came to mind was, so we had just graduated. We were moving to our first assignment. Our daughter was like 16 months old and we were driving from Utah to Virginia to report. So we'd been on the road for five days because with a, you know, a 16 month old, I did not want to be trapped in a car all day, every day for like three straight days. So we'd kind of dragged it out. But the very last day we were like so stoked to finally make it to our friend's house where we're going to be staying for a few days. But this was in the days of MapQuest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we had a brand new gps that we had bought right before we moved 
but we forgot to turn off the no toll roads. Oh no. And I had forgotten to print out the actual map quest. I had looked it up. We were about two hours into our drive when I realized that we had missed our turn off. Oh no. We were driving over the Appalachians. So our last day ended up taking like an extra three hours as we literally drove over the Appalachians. That is torture. (laughs) I mean, prettiest darn drive we've ever done because it was like moving into September. So, you know, the fall leaves are starting to change. We're driving in and out of these gorgeous valleys. But we were driving with a six month old on day five and we were so done. And I had to call our friend who we were staying with and I told him what happened and he just started laughing at us. And he's like, get here whenever you get here. <laughs> oh, no, I bet your husband does not let you live that down. Um, well, he was the one driving. So I blame him. He should have like, we blame him. Like that's red bad. flag at some point, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> but it's okay. Because don't worry. It's like 10 years later, we do the same stinking thing. <laughs> Every decade, watch out. Yes. Um, we were visiting a friend who lives in southern Utah, and she lives kind of off the beaten path outside of Zion National Park. And again, following the GPS, we ended up driving through Zion National Park. So by the time we figured out where we were, we're like, dang it, we're just paying the entrance fees. We paid the like $20 <laughs> entrance fee. Oh. And we were like, fine, we'll get out and stop a couple times. So I messaged her. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. We're going to get out and like check out a couple things while we're here. So we paid 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get our but, money's worth. <laughs> yeah. So we got out, took some pictures, you know, but it was cold. It was November. So it wasn't super exciting. But yeah. So, you know, we just like to accidentally drive through super scenic, epic landmarks <laughs> in the United States. But then you make the best of it. Life has taught us like you have to just kind of go with the flow. If there's one thing we learned in the military, it's that you think you have life figured out and then it will throw you a curveball. Yeah, we just kind of learned just like roll with it. The Appalachians one was way more frustrating than the Zion National Park one was. And we had a lot more kids with the Zion National Park one. So (laughs) we moved like a month before the end of 2019. And so I was trying so hard to use the Dutch that I had been learning and practicing and somebody had greeted me best wishes in Dutch. And so a little bit later, I was like, Oh, I'm going to use this. And so saw somebody new and, you know, they're wishing me happy new year. And I was like, best, best of visa. And the guy looked at me and you could see him like churning, like, what the heck did she just say? <laughs> um, and then he was like, Oh, oh yeah. So, okay. Good for you. And then he walked away and I was like, Oh, that was kind of a letdown. Took me like six months to figure out. I said best fishes. <laughs> That's what are the odds that the American word would rhyme with what you were trying to say? <laughs> yes, but I was just like be- best of this best fishes. <laughs> it's the new. It's the new cool thing. That's right. He just didn't know. Now he knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so last summer we did get to travel. You know, it was soon after everything was starting, so everybody thought summer was fine. We went to Germany and Switzerland and France while our kids were on break. So we were going to be gone for like eight, nine days. You know, four kids trying to get everybody to catch the bus so we can get to the train station with all of our luggage and feeding everybody and everything. Like, just chaos. And I I had made my husband and I these chai mate lattes. 
super excited about, but it was like, they were still hot. And so we weren't getting to them. And I drank part of mine. And then we forgot about them and hustled everybody out so we could catch the bus so we could make our train. And then realized as we got to the bus stop that I had left them out. But we had no time to go home and like dump them out and at least just put it in the sink. And so we were like, well, I hope they're not too gross by the time we came back. So fast forward like a week and a half plus later, there were about a dozen dead flies in each, oh. <laughs> in each tea mug. Fly catchers, brilliant. You know, and mold. And I just was just oh. like, uh, but they were my favorite bugs. And so I was like, I like oh, scoured yeah. them like five times. I put them in the dishwasher like three times. And then I was like, <laughs> they're probably fine by now. We will be using these again. Yes. At first, I thought you said they were my favorite bugs. And I was going to have to, I was like, how do I have sympathy for a woman who's so sad that some flies died? And then I realized you meant mugs. Yes. Much okay. I get it. I'm totally with you. Yeah. I don't like to part with certain serveware either, no matter what happens to them. And I have teenagers who drive themselves. So you can imagine that some stuff gets real gross. Like they just take it into their car and six months later, they're like, mom, I had this in my car. Oh, never mind. Just throw it away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll get another one of those. (laughs) Yes. Well, and we didn't bring a lot of stuff with us. I mean, we we literally sold most everything we owned. And so I was like, we only brought like three mugs and these were special. They were my Disneyland mug. Everything that you own has been selected and has made the cut. So it is like special, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell me about poor Morris and what he did. All right. So Morris, he's our number three. So at the time he was three. Ironically, this is on the same Switzerland trip. So we're in Switzerland and we're actually heading home via France. And we were stopping to meet my husband's cousin who lives in Bern, which is right on the France-Swiss border. So, you know, we're heading home and we just wanted like a quick win for lunch. So we stopped at McDonald's because, you know, familiar, whatever, everybody likes it for the most part. So it's fine. So I get my son a hamburger. He starts eating it and we have to hop right on the tram to meet up. And so he's sitting there eating and all of a sudden he starts gagging. Oh, no. And I know 100% he's going to throw up. I mean, we have our masks on. (laughs) He doesn't because he was eating, you know, because it's public transit and we were having to wear a mask everywhere. I'm trying to get my husband to like find me a container or something. And Uh my husband's like dumping stuff out, trying to create (laughs) containers. And I'm like, he's not going to make it. And right before my son throws up, I stick my hands underneath his mouth and I catch his puke. Oh, 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 no, that's that's a mom for you right there. Yeah. The best part, though, was there was this like older man who was sitting like we were just like standing in kind of the entryway just because we had our stroller. So he was sitting fairly close to us and the abject horror on that man's face, (laughs) despite wearing a face mask, you could see just the horror written all over his face of like, oh, my gosh, that woman just caught puke in her hands. Bare hands. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I'm like trying to calmly wait for my husband who does not ironically for having been a police officer in Los Angeles well maybe not ironically it really kind of hyper activated his like gross meter he was freaking out and I was like just give me a container so I can empty my hands and so he finally got enough containers emptied that I could dump my hands I used napkins I was using baby wipes to like clean up and then at the next stop I like hopped out really quick so like throw everything out in the trash can and hop back on oh my gosh the things we have to do as mothers well okay first of all 
Let me just say about this trip, how many kids did you have at the time? This is recently. You had them all? Yeah, so we have all four. Okay, crazy. And you and so when you're telling me you're getting ready for a trip to Switzerland, I'm picturing you packing your car. <laughs> but no, you're taking public transport with all this gaggle of children. That's brave. Yep, we actually don't own a car. Lots of people here have cars. Usually families will have like one car, but since we weren't sure how long we were going to be here, it didn't make sense to buy a car. And trying to get a van in especially here in the Netherlands is like it's insanity. It's so expensive. Everything's smaller in Europe, right? <laughs> yes. There's a reason why people only have five people in their family, like three kids at most. And that's because that's what you can fit in a car. Wow. Okay. So can you walk places from where you live? Like walk me through like, your, do you live in an apartment? Are you in a house? Do you have a yard? Are there grocery stores and things within walking distance? What's your everyday life look like there? We live in an apartment. We're on the American fourth floor. So we are high up. There is no elevator. So we go up and down those stairs multiple times a day. I bet your your quads are popping. Oh, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Pandemic and lots of chocolate. Not a great combo. Okay. The quads are (laughs) hidden. I understand. They're there, but you can't see them. They are powerful (laughs) and very subtle. (laughs) We have a grocery store that's like just around the corner. It's like a three minute walk. There is a bigger complex, like an outdoor mall kind of a thing that has more grocery stores and has other things like, you know, you would think of like maybe like a Target, a Mm -hmm, drugstore. So that's maybe like a less than 10 minute walk from our house. Our kids' school is 10 minutes away. We walk there every day. Actually, it was really nice when it was just my oldest two going to school. I just let them go by themselves because that is Mm -hmm. the Dutch way. Just let the kids go. We have playgrounds everywhere. That's probably my second favorite part about the Netherlands. Like there are literally playgrounds everywhere, like tucked in every little neighborhood. So we're constantly discovering new ones in our own neighborhoods. So I often will kick all four kids out to go to the playground. That's like a three, four minute walk away. And so they go play for a couple hours and then come home. I go grocery shopping for a family of six every day, every other day. If I'm really not enjoying it, like right now, because we're in the cold, rainy season, I'll maybe order groceries. Ordering groceries is super, super popular here. Like every store offers it. And then you have to pay a delivery fee or what? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like four or five bucks for a grocery delivery. Uh, ordering takeout is awesome because it's usually like two, three bucks to order takeout and they have it to your house within like half an hour. Oh my gosh. Done. I would be signed up for that. Yeah. And I would, with the groceries, do you just order a giant haul? But you're, you're probably in a pretty small apartment, so it's not like you can store a giant haul. So it's a balancing act. Yeah. It's a balancing act. So like it, um, you know, I might be able to order like four or five days worth of groceries. That will kind of max out our fridge space. We have a, a fairly large-ish fridge for Europe, mm, but it's so good. small compared to U.S. standards. And everything here is like so small. Like you don't get things in bulk usually. Oh, okay. Unless it's beer, then you get beer in bulk, but you don't <laughs> drink beer. At one point we were talking about moving to New Zealand and we were talking about it pretty seriously. We were just sort of disillusioned with the United States in general. And this, I mean, we still are, but we decided to just move to a different state instead of moving out of the country. And we learned a few things about New Zealand. Number one is that mostly people who are expats and move there, their kids don't stay. So I was like, you know what? We are basically just signing ourselves up for living in a different country than our children. Like, I can't, I don't want to do that. And then secondly, I found out that the dishwashers, the washers, the dryers, all the appliances are so tiny. And I'm lazy and I'm a procrastinator and I don't like running out of things. So I was like, Babe, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rough adjustment. I mean, thankfully, you know, we were living in California prior to this. 
you know, outside of Los Angeles. So we were kind of already living in that style. Like we were in a duplex and we had a dinky little kitchen, but I do miss my dryer because I don't own a dryer. Oh, yeah. I, I love a dryer, even though I hang up most things, but still socks and underwear in the dryer. Those would take a lot of space to hang. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, like I'm sitting next to a giant rack that has all sorts of laundry and laundry is always hanging, especially during the winter on like every radiator, mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying to dry everything out. But I've gotten used to it. It was hard to get used to things to begin with. But now that we've been here almost two years, it all feels very normal. Oh, good. You found your routine and you just yeah. are okay with it. Oh, that's awesome. Time to talk about coincidences. Do you have a crazy coincidence for us? Yes. Yay. If you have any Polynesian followers, I'm pretty sure they'll know pretty quickly where the story is going. But so we were visiting the Polynesian Cultural Center one time on a visit to Hawaii to family. So, you know, we're going around and I'm Hawaiian and this was like paradise for me. I was like, oh, so many Poly boys. (laughs) And there was this super cute boy and I had just pointed him out to my younger sister. And we were like sitting there being like, this is amazing. He is very attractive. And then my grandma comes over and she's like, here, I want to introduce you to your cousin. (laughs) And I was like, please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. And then she introduces us to him. And I was like, why? Why? <laughs> but that is a thing. If you're Polynesian, you realize you're probably all are related in some way. Related to everyone. You're like, okay, cousin, I need more information. Like fifth cousin, twice removed. It probably, That'd be and that's the thing is it probably is like fifth cousins, but it doesn't matter anymore because it's ruined it. As soon as your grandma is like, here, meet your cousin. You're like, and I'm done. that is so funny so i married a total like white redhead totally safe i mean chance that you're related i mean we found out we're like 11th cousins but you know it has to go back to like the like 1600s for us to be related so i I call that good yeah i think you're safe i think you're real safe (laughs) (laughs) that's so cute What is one surprising thing about you that nobody would be able to tell just by looking? This is something that always comes to mind. It's something that I am actually super passionate about. Whenever people meet me, they always use these descriptive words to describe me, like being like, oh, they're like, you're so confident, you're so happy, you're so friendly. And I always find that so ironic because I have depression and anxiety. So on the inside, I am always like stressed out, panicking, unsure, overwhelmed. And just for me, like that is depression and anxiety in a nutshell that like you can look perfectly normal and seem one way on the outside, but inside I'm a hot mess. Wow. I so relate to that. Oh my gosh. I finally surrendered to the fact that, okay, Joanne, you have clinical depression. You need help. When I was about 40 and it had been going on off and on my whole life and my sisters-in-law, my sister, my mom, my husband, my best friends, all of them were shocked. And I was like, I wasn't trying to be fake. I was just, it was like the way I seem and the way I interact was like the last thing I had that I could make okay, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I definitely represent differently exteriorly than internally. And that's maybe one reason why I love doing this, because we need to remember that what people have going on, it inside is so not necessarily obvious to their exterior appearance or their exterior behavior. And not that people are trying to be fake, but just that it's complicated, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and people often, when they would meet me, I remember getting this quite a few times as a teenager that people were like, oh, I thought you were going to be so stuck up because when I first met you, that's Mm. the vibe I got. And then I got to know you and I realized you aren't. The assuming I was stuck up was because of the anxiety and my like fear of reaching out because I was afraid of being rejected. Jade, my my jaw dropped open when you said that because I had the same experience. I had no idea. I was so shy and anxious in high school and I had no idea people thought I was stuck up. I made a speech at graduation. I was pressured into it and I ended up doing it. And then I swear so many people that I only knew by name came up to me after that and were like, wow, if we'd have known that was what you were like, and it was a really quick speech, but it was just really like genuine me. We, we thought you were stuck up. And I was like, what? I mean, I didn't find <laughs> out until literally till high school graduation that that was my reputation. I was so shocked because I was like, me? I'm such a mess. There's no way I think I'm better than you, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's why I kind of compensate by being like overly polite, overly friendly. Mm-hmm. But it's also why I like blogging and podcasting because one, it's not a lot of like face-to-face interactions. Yes, it's connection without interaction. That is what I love about it too. <laughs> yeah, and I can prep really, really well because I can like research and have lots of like all the talking points all laid out and I can think about it beforehand. Totally. Oh my gosh. Interesting. Okay, now I have to know what your Enneagram type is and what your Myers-Briggs type is, if you know, because I'm so fascinated. I think you and I are very similar. I am an INFPT. Okay. But I'm still trying to figure out what the heck that all means. And I have no clue. I mean, the Enneagram is the number, right? Yeah. I have no clue what that is. One of my favorite podcasts is called Family Personalities. She does a little Enneagram and Myers Briggs. She walks you through what it means. And it has totally opened my eyes because I love a, per- a good personality analysis, not to put people in a box, but just to understand ourselves and our loved ones better. They're kind of creepily accurate too. Yeah. And Sandra and M are so awesome because it's totally approachable. They're very knowledgeable. I've met them because they were a guest on my podcast way back at the beginning, but their podcast is still one of my favorites. And it really is, I think, so important to understand your loved ones, especially the ones that are different from us, where they're coming from, what their motivations are, what their you know, inner fears and thoughts are. I'll link to that in the show notes, you guys. And I am an INFJ. So you and I are very similar as far as that goes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We share a lot of tendencies there. I knew it. I wouldn't be surprised if you were a two, because I think part of what a two on the Enneagram is someone who really like is a caretaker for others. And I think part of why I project myself as so friendly and everything is because I'm just so where I want to make everyone comfortable. And I know if I'm like, sending out this depressed, anxious vibe, it's going to make other people feel uncomfortable. So like my major focus when I'm interacting with people is, are they good? Do they have what they need? Are they comfortable? Are they enjoying the interaction? And so it's not so much putting on a show as it is just really caring what what the needs of others are, probably to the detriment of my own needs at times, and certainly to the detriment of my husband's needs. That was one of the fights we had often when we were first together. Because he's like, you're so friendly and kind to everyone but me. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but (laughs) no, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I feel like one of the things that drives me for, you know, the helping other people understand more cultures is Mm -hmm. I want people to feel welcomed and loved and accepted for who they are, because that's something that I struggled with as a child. Like being multi-ethnic, you know, I was Hawaiian, but in a place where 
people presumed I was Mexican because my dad spoke Spanish because he lived in Colombia for two years. But my mom is actually the Hispanic one. And I kind of just grew up in this like weird in between where I didn't really belong anywhere and I was very aware of it, but I didn't know how to fit in. And so I just want people to like feel accepted however they look. And my children are of, you know, my daughter is much darker where all three of my boys are really pasty. And I get all the time people ask me if I'm the nanny because oh. they assume that I am. How rude. I get that asked that too because I married a man with black hair and my kids look like him. I'm blonde. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's such silliness because it's like, no. Do you know how genetics works? <laughs> right. That is my, I never say it, but I'm really tempted to. Be like, I think you need to go back and study genetics because I'm like, uh-huh. this really shouldn't be this novel in this day and age right. where Hello. I think it's almost like half of marriages are now inter-ethnic or intercultural. Uh-huh. So you would think that like it wouldn't be such a shock. But anyway, that's like that's what drives me is I want everybody to feel accepted how they are. Yes, that is such a perfect segue. Tell me where the listeners can find you. Tell them a little bit about what you offer on your website and what your podcast is about. I am on like every social media platform, most active probably on Instagram. So you'll find me at Jonesin, J-O-N-E-S-I-N, for like the word for, F-O-R, taste. So clever. I love it. Jonesin for taste. That's adorable. (laughs) Oh man, 12 years ago when I started that, like I had no idea where it would take me. But anyway, so on there, I share about like our expat life, like the highs and lows, traveling as a family, because I know for me, just with the anxiety that it can be really overwhelming to just go out and do things. Um, And so trying to show that like little adventures can be big adventures too. Mm -hmm. Little adventures can make for big memories for sure. Yeah. and, And like there's lots of great cultural experiences wherever we're living. And that's something that I've actually regretted I didn't take more advantage of as we've moved all around. You know, we missed lots of awesome cultural opportunities to get to know the cultures that we were living amongst. So that's something that I'm really passionate about and I share about. And then, of course, food. So sharing how to help your family branch out from chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and start exploring new flavors. So I kind of have like a whole run of the gamut of foods from some kind of crazy stuff to some really basic stuff. It's going to help you step-by-step bridge the gap to trying new things as a family. Because I have picky eaters. Like, I have kids who will eat everything. And then I have my four, you know, my four and two-year-old who are adamant that they cannot eat anything but quesadillas and peanut butter (laughs) and Nutella sandwiches. They all go through through phases. Even my 10-year-old now has decided he hates cooked mushrooms and like cooked peppers and onions with all things he used to eat. You know, it's all very normal and just normalizing the fact that your whole family may not all eat the same thing and that's okay. But I love the idea of bridging the gap to where you can take a kid who will only eat this, this, and this and take baby steps towards instead of just giving up and throwing up your hands, do little things that will expand their palate but not overwhelm them and make it a fight. Yes. And so uh, that is my big thing is that like mealtime should not be a fight. They should be happy memories as a family um, and very much pick your battles. So I have a whole series planned coming up. I, I've actually really dived into reels and TikToks and have enjoyed them thoroughly. of like showing you ways that you can take, you know, staple kid meals and add some variety to them to help kids start exploring and help give them the autonomy to choose how much they dive in. What a great resource. I will link to all of the places where you can be found in the show notes. Well, Jade, oh my gosh, 
This was such a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. You know, it's it's always nice to remember that like we can laugh about the things that might have embarrassed the heck out of us at the time. So, you know, if you've had something dumb happen to you today, you can just know, so have I. Okay, after Jade and I stopped recording, we decided we're definitely going to do another episode. I find her so fascinating. I'm sure I'm going to have a million more questions for her. And I can, she actually told me a really funny story after we stopped recording that we're going to share on the next one. And and I, I know she'll just have so many more by the time we do another episode. So fun. Make sure you go to fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 129 to find all the links that we talked about in today's conversation. Next week on the show, you guys, I have a treat. It's our second only male guest. We have Scott Soden, who has been a radio host for a long time, and he has a really great radio voice, and he has tons of fun stories, and he was so much fun to interview. You'll really love that episode. So make sure that wherever you're listening, that you click the follow or subscribe button. It's free so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. If you have a story to tell, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com. You can either type out your story, send me a voice memo, or let me know that you're interested in being interviewed, and we can we can do that. So fun. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. The question of the week this week is, have you ever had a child vomit in a public place, and how did you handle that? I would love it if you would follow the Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram, and if you would tell at least one friend about the show, bring laughter and connection into her life like it's coming to your life, and that would be so great because we're trying to expand our reach, and that's the best way to do it. Remember to visit Shelfie Shop, S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com to buy your shelf bra, loungewear, your lounging life and your at-home wardrobe in your bra-free zone will never be the same, I promise. And if you use the code FANCYFREE, you'll get free shipping in the continental United States. Have a wonderful week and remember, no one is as fancy as they look. (laughs) 